Welcome to Bush and Richie's Daily Takeaway Podcast. You're about to hear a show that kind of goes off on a bit of a weird tangent towards the end where we end up uh, talking about a sighting of uh, a football manager at the Kasabian gig. We were at the uh, uh, Royal Albert Hall over the weekend. But we then start talking about uh, famous people you've seen at gigs. And there's a bit of clarification. I think we left everyone a bit of a um, cliffhanger as to what Stuart Pearce was wearing at a particular gig. Yes, yes. So uh, listen to this episode of the podcast, okay? Because none of this will make sense. Yeah, this is you just here because you just just started it. But trust us, by the end you will find out what Stuart Pearce wore to go and see the Stranglers. Okay, stay where you are. Is the show? This is Bush and Rich's daily takeaway. Now I need to ask you a question, honest answer. You and I have uh, shared cars before. I've driven you before. We've obviously shared a car on a on a chip shop tour of the UK before. And what a car that was! What a car! Like like a boat. (laughs) Would you say I was a decent driver? Yeah, I think you're a pretty good driver. Thank you very much. Well, you can upgrade that pretty good to five-star. What, five is that official? Star, it's an official rating, yes. Five-star driving. I discovered over the weekend yep. that my car, if you want it to, will mark your driving as you go along. How can it even do that? So it marks you out of five uh, for your braking right. and you're accelerating to, to, to mark whether you are driving in an economic way. And when I discovered this, I thought to myself, oh, that's clever. Right, I'm going to see how I get on. Half an hour drive, at the end of the drive, five out of five for accelerating and five out of five for anticipation, which is basically your braking. Five-star driver, my friend. So, I mean, I just find that this is the difference between me and you. If I knew my car could do that, A, I don't know what any of the stuff does on my car. I've never read the book. <laughs> But I wouldn't want to know. I wouldn't want to be judged by my own car. Do you know wouldn't I mean? want to be. No, because I wouldn't, wouldn't want to see the results of that. No. I, I fear the, the test. Do you know who, what I mean? Who doesn't want praise in life? You think back to Dastardly and Muttley. All he ever wanted was a little medal. If you suddenly discover that your car can say to you, you're good at something, you're going to want to achieve it. I know, but how do we know for sure that it's going to be positive? It might just say three stars out of five. You yeah. know, keep working on it. <laughs> but then if it says three out of five, you, I promise you, because you're a human being, you would change your driving to attain the five stars and you'd think I'm a five star driver well I guess the main thing is now you can you know people have got their LinkedIn profiles or whatever you can now put five star driver as per the people who make your car 100% I'm a five star driver so if there's something that you 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 would rate yourself five stars you give yourself a five star rating uh, at some kind of skill or discipline Liam says homemade macaroni cheese was named the best ever by my six year old recently who now outright refuses to eat any other macaroni cheese that is high praise I just said earlier on before we went into that last song that uh, I'm known in various circles as the five-star omelette guy. So tell us about your five-star omelette. I just, you know, I, I'm not very good at cooking. I don't do very many different things. I'm, I'm not a great cook. But, you know, like sometimes when, when you're kind of quite stupid like I am, you, you're quite good at one particular thing. So, <laughs> do you know what I mean? I couldn't spell my own name, but I can draw the Eiffel Tower from memory, that kind of thing. Uh, QED documentary about me. I am really, really good at omelettes. I don't know what it is. It's like an innate thing. I feel, no. like, I, I feel like I was born but knew it straight away from birth without having to be shown. So when you serve up an omelette, is, is yours messy looking or is it very presentable uh, and sort of like in a circle or folded beautifully? Folded. It's folded. It's got, I normally chuck a couple of herbs on it. That oh, kind wow. of, you swear I blind you in a French, you know, Parisian restaurant and, or 
no element of runny egg in it whatsoever. Not at all. Everything sits tight and, you know, people say, again, I'm quite thick, but I make a cracking omelette. Five-star omelette guy over there. What about that? That's actually technically my own name, so uh, <laughs> copyright. Five-star omelettes, five-star driving, as said by the car, what do you rate yourself? Although this text says, weren't you tempted to see what you could do uh, to go from five stars back down to one? Ooh, what bad drive. Bad <laughs> Purposely bad drive. <laughs> Absolutely rag the thing about. That's not my style. Uh, Zed says, I'd give myself five stars for guessing a measurement just by looking at the thing that needs measuring. Quite a skill. Estimation. Uh, Lorraine, were you five stars at? Uh, cleaning and being organised. Okay, so you're 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 uh, extra special at doing this. And what line of work? Uh, so I was an administrator for the NHS, and I was given the task to organise the stationery cupboard. Right. And the directors and everyone dubbed me the stationery cupboard queen. So <laughs> it's an accolade. I hold that quite quite. Um, I hold that title <laughs> proudly by the sounds of things, Lorraine. Definitely. Well, and what was your tactic? What was your approach to this root and branch overhaul of your stationary cupboard at work? How did you approach it? Oh, I just looked at it and I thought, how can people work when they get stressed by opening the door, you know, because you couldn't find anything. So I asked for some, some um, like, boxes. I used a labelling machine. Oh, it's fantastic. A little brother labelling machine. That was my best tool. And I labelled the whole of what was in the boxes. And, yeah, I don't work there anymore, so I can imagine that it's not like it anymore. It's gone but... to pot since you've left. I've heard I've heard it's absolutely gone out downhill. Yeah, probably. <laughs> and is your home life as organised as your stationary cupboard at work? Oh, yes. I've been on a deep cleaning one in my kitchen today. <laughs> and... Uh, organising it and because uh, I feel a bit overwhelmed if I've got too much going on in my life. Was so, it t- tidy tidy house, tidy mind? Is that is that the phrase? Yeah, it is. It is. But I've heard of the saying that, uh, you know, if it's tidy and it's organised, then your mind is like that also. That's you good know? saying that. It's I kind like of that. a slightly longer version of what <laughs> I just said. <laughs> I'm going to write that one down. <laughs> <laughs> Good to talk to you, Lorraine. Cheers, Lorraine. All right, thanks, bye. Philippa says singing, part of a chorus uh, called the Barbarettes, and they won Reading's Let's Sing uh, a competition on Friday. So, Philippa, five star at singing. That stuff freaks me out. When people do, like, singing together. Why? It's just the the look that they do. You know, (laughs) and they overly sing. (laughs) I don't know what it is about. It freaks me right out. Really? I, I don't know what it is. Wow. I look at my hands. Hands get all sweaty. He's literally gone all clammy. Because why do they look like that when they sing? It's like overly, they give you eye contact they with do. no blinking. They, they do do that. Maybe that's why they're so good though, because there's no music in the background, so they've got to be really good. So they've got to concentrate so much. I can't bear the eye contact. <laughs> Colin says, I can't tie a knot to save my life, but I'm a five-star knot undoer. Ooh. I can undo a tangle like you would not believe. I might, if he's able to come over and sort out my wired headphones, which have been like that for about three or four days, that'd be great. Text here says, I am the gravy meister from the gravy oh. goddess of Herefordshire. Almost mystical proportions, though. Uh, Charlie, tell us, what are you five-star at? Uh, I consider myself to be five-star at doing the Harry Potter voices when I read the books to my class at school. Wow, how old are these kids then, Harry? Charlie? Uh, uh, Charlie, yeah. (laughs) I'm not Harry. He's so good. He's Um, so good, his voice. (laughs) It's convinced it's him. (laughs) He's got the glasses and the cape and everything. (laughs) Yeah, how old? (laughs) Uh, (laughs) 
My kids are uh, year five, so they're nine and ten years old. Wow, so when you narrate the book, you can do all the different voices for it? Yeah, I'd, I'd, li- I'd, li- I'd like to think I can, yeah. <laughs> Could you do that um, Expectos Petroleum thing or whatever it is that Harry says? Uh, sure. Uh, let's, we'll go for third book right at the end when he's sort of being attacked by the Dementors. Expecto Patronum! Wow! It's as if he's on the phone. And any scary characters, like some of the baddies from Harry Potter, can you do any of them for us? Uh, I could do a, a quick snipe. Yes. Um, so, Mr. Potter, Very our good. new celebrity. Wow, this guy's a legend. <laughs> it's terrifying. <laughs> Charlie, we're going to get you to voice all our new production. Thank you very much. Amazing. Thank you. Jules in Plymouth has texted to say, Bush and Ritchie, my five-star thing is making a quiche from scratch. I've got the name quiche queen. It's so good. She does use a phrase nom nom, uh, which obviously is a bit of a red flag. That's a shame. But she's very good at making quiches. Uh, Paul's hanging on. Where are you five-star at, Paul? Selling boilers. You're, you're a five-star boiler salesman. Exactly. Sorry, I said boiler really weird then, didn't I? Boiler. <laughs> <laughs> Who says so then, Paul? You, but has anyone actually... Have you had an award for this? My boss, but he's not here at the minute to, to verify it. To vouch for you. Uh, is, there, is there a key to your success of uh, boiler selling? Just knowing what people want. Warmth. You've got that vibe, that exciting <laughs> vibe about you. Just even from this yeah. phone call. It's yeah. energy, isn't it? It's more of an energy thing. I think it is. That's it, yeah. And that's all we need at the minute is more energy. Have you just woken up, Paul? No, no, I've just had a long day. All right, mate. Has your pilot light gone out? (laughs) Not quite. I've got a brand new one. Someone said to me the other day, pilot lights are a thing of the past. They are a thing of the past. That's just such a shame. It is a shame, yeah. Could chat to you about boilers all day, Paul. (laughs) It is my job. (laughs) We'll see you later. Trade counter now wants a new boiler. All right, bro, we'll leave you to it. You go sell, sell, sell. Yes, that's exactly it. Thank you, guys. So in the news, the Prime Minister has launched a, I think it's a £160 million anti-social behaviour blitz and they're cracking down on stuff like graffiti and littering, etc. I was thinking on the train in today, right, if they're creating a list, they might be looking for other suggestions of other anti-social stuff that we could crack down on. So let's get a little uh, brainstorm going on home time tonight. The ones I'd like to add into the list are as follows. People speaking into the end of their phone like they're on the flipping apprentice. <laughs> Hate that. Just put it to your ear and whisper like everyone else used to do. And then, this is a bit of a Kerbal one, but it does get my goat a little bit when I see it. People who put eyelashes on car headlights. <laughs> I'd love to see someone hit with like a... Even though they're obviously quite a nice, optimistic, fun knockabout person. Just seeing them crushed when they have to pay a 50 quid fine. It's not five-star driving, by the way. That is having, not five-star driving. <laughs> having eyelashes on headlights. A point knocked off. Is there any antisocial thing that you'd like to see a crackdown on? It's interesting that you say that uh, you, you were thinking about this with train travel, because actually that's, that's where mine would be. At the barriers, whether it is a regional train or whether it is the London Underground, for example, people who stop just before an automated barrier because they haven't got their phone ready or stop just after they've been through it because they're like, right, where am I going next? I would have some kind of dispersal on those people. Someone just handing out fines. And we've both had this as well where um, people try and sneak in, youths try and sneak in behind you at the barrier. That too, yeah. I want to get like a thing where you wear like a... It's like a like a bit of wire that sticks out your back to like a a plate, so that no one can actually get in behind you. When you're, I'd happily wear that, just to stop someone from kind of sliding in behind you. Some girl did it to us at Chalkwell Station. We were coming back from London the other week, and I was furious. I was shouting at her on the way up the hill. 
I'd lost my mind. And they had to tell me to calm down. It's so bad. 150 quid fine straight out of the back. Uh, this tweet straight onto the list. People who leave their trolley in the middle of the aisle and then walk off to pick stuff up. I'm quite bad at doing that. You're not. We, we, we did the big shop on Saturday morning, actually, me and my eldest, and I do quite regularly, we'll just leave it and go on a wonder. That's really disappointing to hear that. Why do you do that? Have you seen me driving a trolley? I'm all over the place. <laughs> Three stars out of five. Uh, Ian says uh, he cracked down on them wooden lolly stick stirrer things. I don't quite know what his problem is with them. Uh, Britpop Memories say uh, they cracked down on people not realising the fuel pump pipe will stretch to the other side of their car and therefore blocking up a petrol station whilst they wait for a pump on the same side as their fuel plant. I'm moved to applaud. Standing ovation for that oh. one. See if you can get a standing ovation for the thing that you would like to see cracked down on. Uh, so Debbie says the thing that she would like to see cracked down on in the government's antisocial behaviour blitz is this. High fives. <laughs> Unless someone has pre-booked one, they go horribly wrong, with the receiver taking so long to realise that's why the other person has their hand up, that by the time they reciprocate, the other person's put their hand down. It's always messy. See, it's always annoying. This is not the USA, she says. Is there something you would like to see crack down on? Just tell us about it. Uh, Robbie would like lads over 15 years of age doing wheelies on a bike to be banned. See, I, 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 obviously I cycle every day for work. Can't do a wheelie. Never been able to do a wheelie. Yeah. Can't cycle no-handed. Can't you really? No, I, I think it's either, it's in your DNA. I genuinely believe it's you either can do it or you can't. I've never been able to do a wheelie, but um, when I used to cycle to school, I used to do the, the non-handed thing all the time. Can't do it. I think it's like rolling your tongue. It's a DNA thing. <laughs> Uh, to discuss. Uh, we've got Brad on the line. Brad, what would you like to see outlawed? Um, yeah, it's uh, people that let swinging doors close on other people. Um, it's just yeah. 20 lashings straight away for that. <laughs> well, that we hadn't brought it. in any form of like no. pirate-like <laughs> punishment for it. But, you know, it's an interesting well, thing. You know. It's an interesting thing because in our building here, right, there's like four doors in quick succession mm. that you've got to hold for... Some, if you go in behind someone else... And sometimes it's a bit of a nightmare because you'll say thanks to the same person like five times on the trot just going through. Do you know what I mean? That, that's, it's awkward if you have to do the hold and say thanks to everyone. But uh, and and to be honest, doors should be like fixed with those things that make them close slowly and won't hurt other people. But uh, it's the world we live in, unfortunately. But you've got to gauge it. You can't have it close in someone's face or break their arm or anything like that. I'm so glad you say that, Brad, because going back to the doors that Bush has mentioned here, you know, I'm not going to name names because it would cause a massive incident, but there's two people that I can think of that are outrageously bad uh, at this... uh, this, This, These are public figures as well. Public figures who are terrible (laughs) at holding the door for you, but we are going to say it. Really bad. We'll leave it out there, you can speculate, but absolutely (laughs) awful at letting doors whack into people's faces. One star door holding, that's for sure. N- name and shame. Name I, and I shame. can't, We honestly, can't, we can't. The, break the radio station. Fair enough, fair enough. We've got Pete on the line. Pete, what would you like to see crack down on? Yep, the people that queue up in front of you at a McDonald's or something and don't make up their mind until they get to the till what they want. <laughs> that's a wind-up, isn't it? just drives me nuts. Do you know what? I could tell you, if you put me in a McDonald's right now, I could tell you what I want immediately. wouldn't even have to think about it. Yeah, I've got... M- a, exactly. McCrispy, straight off. Uh, straight, you just have your, your set order, don't you? Yes, exactly. You know exactly what you want when you get to the front. What do you reckon Pete the Builder, what do you reckon he sounds like he orders? Don't tell us, Pete, we're going to try and guess this for you and read your mind. I've got like a bacon double cheeseburger vibe about him. Uh, th- so that would be Burger King. Oh, is that what that is? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I obviously don't know yeah. me. Uh, don't know me takeaways. Um, although I would have that. That's got me hungry now. That's very unfair. Are you saying Pete's a whopper? Uh, I think Pete is a uh, a chicken selects. Oh no, it would be a Big Mac meal. But if oh. I'm in Burger King, it'd be a whopper meal. 
Yeah, well, there you go. Wait, we were nearly there. Yeah. You're one, one far away. So what you're saying is you come on the show to tell everyone you're a whopper. Yes, that's the one. <laughs> <laughs> this is The Daily Takeaway. A big heads up for something pretty exciting that's kind of happening on tomorrow's show. This will be a, a surprise to you, Richie. Okay? okay. This is this is this is proper. We had breaking news earlier on with uh, Noel Gallagher's High Flying Birds. This is even more breaking news. Wow. Uh, now let me explain before I tell you what's going on. I've always felt that we need like a show mascot. Right. Do you know what I mean? Like something in this room that gives us a kind of vibe. If you remember the lovely uh, Jeff Lloyd and Annabelle Port who used to do this show many moons ago, they would be surrounded by items when they were doing the show to mm-hmm. to give a kind of vibe or experience to the whole thing. We don't. To be fair, bar our producer Adam yawning whilst making eye contact with us, there's not a lot of kind of vibe going on. It's definitely not vibe. It's not a vibe. So I felt like maybe we need a thing in the studio that can kind of give us that vibe. Now, as you well know, I'm always on Facebook Marketplace on the lookout for bargains. And I've come across this thing that I could, I think could be our show mascot going forwards. It's a doll. Right. That's in the uh, in the Eastwood area of Southend, so it's only like 15 minutes from where I live. And what I've gone and done, I hope you don't mind, I've used £10 of the show budget to reserve it. Oh, so you've, done, you've, you've gone ahead. I've kind of gone ahead. Right. And uh, I'm due to go and pick the, the doll up from the Eastwood area of Southend tomorrow morning. Oh, wow. And then I'll bring it into the studio, and then I don't want to give away the, the surprise of the doll, because I, I think you're going to absolutely love it. So there's no, no point me coming around looking at what it is or anything no. like that, because you're not going to show not me. Not going to show you, because I, be, I want the surprise to be great for you. It's going to be like you going to Alton Towers or something, do you know what right, I mean? Right, OK. And what we'll do, the doll will just be, I don't know, somewhere in the room whilst we do the show, and, you know, some of those moments when you're feeling a bit tired and you need that little pick-me-up, just look into its eyes. And it will definitely bring me that. It'll definitely make you feel a million dollars. OK. So, um... I know you're going to find it quite hard to sleep tonight, knowing that, in, in a kind of excited way. Yeah. It will be, I'll bring it in with me tomorrow, and it will make its uh, debut on Home Time tomorrow evening. I want to say thank you, but I'm not sure I should yet. You'll find out tomorrow. This is Bush and Rich's Daily Takeaway. If you're one of the amazing people that's been to the Royal Abbott Hall this week, just gone for the Teenage Cancer Trust gigs, we love you, fantastic people. Richie and I hosted uh, Kasabian on Saturday night. That was ace, absolutely loved it. But over the course of the evening, uh, before Kasabian had gone on, our producer, Nick, who was at the event with us, put a message in our little Home Time Show WhatsApp group saying he thought he'd seen Everton manager Sean Dyche. Mm. Now, this kind of set me off like a, an excitable dog backstage. <laughs> I remember! Do you remember, and we, we asked to see whether because whether they'd given it, like, him a ticket or did yeah. they know he was there? Well, we were sat there, we were sat there sort of speculating, think, thinking, would, would Sean Dyche be into Kasabian? Do, do we reckon that's his kind of band? And we were both very much of the opinion it probably would be. It maybe would be, you know what I mean? So, but we never kind of got any resolution when we were watching them, I was looking around all the time to see if I could see him. Anyway, we're getting to work today. We've had an email from lovely Michelle, hometime at absoluteradio.co.uk. She says, I was at the Kasabian gig on Saturday night. I'm also an Evertonian. And you know who else was at the Royal Albert Hall on the Saturday in a box a few down from R1? It was indeed Everton boss Sean Dyche. He was there. Wow. And she adds, it looked like he was having a cracking time. He's into great music. Would you have been able to concentrate on the hosting that you and I had to do on stage in that cavernous, amazing room. If you'd known that Sean Dyche was in the room, would you have been able to truly concentrate? I don't think I would. I think I would have been like checking he'd judging me if I wasn't wearing shin pads because he's big on that at training at the moment. So what an amazing person to see at a gig, though. Well done, Michelle. Footballers love their music. I remember being um, at Hyde Park for The Killers many, many years ago, yeah. and it was a wet evening. And then I realised that stood in front of me in a wax jacket was Stuart Pearce. Psycho Pearce himself was a Killers fan. Well, they 
it'd been even better if Stuart had gone along to the Kasabian gig because you could have sung You're in Love with a Psycho to yeah. him at the end. <laughs> so they were setting the bar quite high here. Yes, a we are, of, yeah. A couple of spots. Um, Stuart Pearce that I spotted at the Killers in yeah. Hyde Park. Matthew Maynard with another one here. Stuart Pearce at a Dropkick Murphys gig in Nottingham. He's a busy boy, isn't he, Pearce? He is a busy boy. Uh, now, I, know, I don't know if this one's true or not, but Peter Milling has tweeted us to say that he saw Alan Bennett at a Prodigy gig, Manchester, 1997. <laughs> I was stood in the middle. It was very, very busy. I thought Liam looked slightly distant that day. I said to me mum. Uh, another Kasabian <laughs> spot here, Neil Lennon uh, at uh, Kasabian King Tut's in 2004 from Mark. More sightings of Stuart Pearce at wow. gigs. Uh, John in Enfield. Seen him a few times at Stranglers and Stiff Little Fingers gigs. First one was at the Roundhouse. Stuart Pearce loves his live music, it appears. I'm fair play to him. And, I mean, I don't see him being like a pundit that often these days. So no. maybe he's just, he's just touring. What I would like to find out, it's possibly too late now, is all these other sightings. Was he wearing his wax jacket at those gigs as well? Because when I saw him in Hyde Park for uh, Kings of Leon, uh, sorry, the Killers, he was in his wax jacket. 8, 12, 15 on that. Uh, Stephen Watford says, I saw Paul McCartney at the O2 for my dad's 75th birthday party. Uh, a rumour spread that Ringo was in the audience. I used a little pair of binoculars to search the VIP area and I found him. Wow. My dad was over the moon. Uh, keep those coming in. We've got Ian on the line. Ian, who did you spot? Uh, it was Gordon Strachan at the uh, Paul Heaton gig at the NEC uh, last December. OK. There's a, a two unlikely bedfellows, shall we say. How, what, yeah. con- what kind of uh, situation did you see Strachan in? Were you behind him in the crowd or what? No, I was standing at the merch stand and he, he walked up. So, and uh, wow. I know he's got a bit of a reputation when he was a pundit for not tolerating idiots very well. And I said to him, are you Gordon Strachan? And he said, yes. And uh, let me take a photo. Oh. <laughs> Did he then go away and uh, buy himself a Paul Heaton T-shirt? I think he was, yeah. Either Paul Heaton or Billy Bragg, who was the support. Did they have it in small? (laughs) 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 I'd never have had Gordon Strachan down as a beautiful South fan. Not not in a million years. Before we kind of slightly more aggressive stuff, do you know what I mean? Yeah. No, I didn't at all. But, uh, yeah, I was really surprised. But he looked like he'd had a good night. I bet he did. I thought he'd be into the run rig or something like that. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> this is Bush and Rich's Daily Takeaway. So, look, I know everyone's um, hanging around till the end of the uh, this particular episode, A, because they've enjoyed it, but B, because they want to find out what was Stuart Pearce wearing when he went and saw the Stranglers. Well, John in Enfield did get back to us. No wax jacket to see the Stranglers. It was a black leather jacket. I think he looked very fetching. Uh, I think he looked very fetching in that. A little bit like the, uh, was it the Elvis comeback special? <laughs> Uh, and one text that we, we just missed, actually, with the show, and it would have been great, Nick from Romford said uh, he was stood three feet away from Martine McCutcheon at Oasis Nebworth 1996. Who <laughs> would have thought she was there? 